Welcome to the podcast of Finchley Progressive Synagogue. My name is Rabbi Neil James and I'm the Rabbi of Finchley Progressive Synagogue. More information about the synagogue can be found on our website www.fbs.org. Recently, I took the train to Newcastle to officiate at a blessing ceremony for a couple embarking on their married lives together. Booking my tickets, I was able to choose front-facing or rear-facing, something that is fairly standard option these days. I know some people prefer to be front-facing because of sickness, but I just like to look where I'm going. After all, if I'm not driving the train, I sure want to at least know where it's headed. Sitting on the train and staring out the window, I was very much reminded of how quickly life can flash by. I'm sure there is a scientific definition for the phenomenon by which, looking far away, the trees seem to move very slowly, whilst up close, the signs for stations whiz by in an instant, illegible to the passengers sitting in the warmth of the carriage. Looking ahead or behind again, the signs are legible for a brief moment before disappearing into the distance. And then there are the moments when another train pulls alongside you for a very brief few seconds. You and the passengers on the other train can wave and say hello to one another. It is as if you were stationary until one of you drifts away onwards to a different destination, leaving the other imagining what their fellow journeymen and women are doing. The romance of a train journey is remarkably special. In some sense, without wishing to push the metaphor too hard, it can be likened to our lives. We travel from a certain departure to an almost equally certain arrival point, Along the way we make stops and perhaps even changes until, eventually, the only thing we can be sure of finally arrives. I was having a read-through of a book of the writings of Hannah Arendt and, as I read a section on time and history, I was struck by the sense of total impermanence which we experience today that she described. Nothing is immortal, not even the natural world around us, as we hear repeatedly on the news. What was once thought to be permanent is now only temporary, and all of life, no matter what, is part of the passage of time. Within that, there are identifiable immortal cycles of birth and decay, yet nothing remains the same. You cannot, we are told by Heraclitus, step in the same river twice, or as Ursula Le Guin writes in the mind of Shevek, in her book The Dispossessed, you shall not go down twice to the same river, nor can you go home again. That Shevek knew. Indeed, it was the basis of his view of the world. Yet from that acceptance of transience, he evolved his vast theory, wherein what is most changeable is shown to be fullest of eternity, and your relationship to the river and the river's relationship to you and to itself turns out to be at once more complex and more reassuring than a mere lack of identity. You can go home again, so long as you understand that home is a place where you have never been. You can return, in other words, you can do teshuva, which we so clumsily translate as repentance, as long as you understand that you won't regain some kind of old self, yet you will discover a new self, a self you have never been. Teshuva, turning, is about a moment in time in which we grasp the past, knowing it to be intangible and fleeting, and look forwards to a different time, one of hope. In that moment, at that split second, a change occurs so deep and fundamental that only the beauty of Hebrew could capture it in a word, Teshuvah. Yom Kippur and Teshuvah is an embrace of all time, past, present and future. That is the mystery and ineffability of the quietness of the day. 
In truth, though I have never before experienced what we did at the synagogue, I think that is why singing Kal Nidre in the Ashkenazi Rite and the Sephardi Rite is so powerful, as we did on Erev Yom Kippur. One looks to the past, the other to the future. It is, after all, a prayer that speaks to our mind, our emotions and psychology, a symbolic gesture of our own inadequacy to fulfil our relationship with God. Perhaps the Mizrahi and Yemenite Jews were right to include a sentence that speaks of the year that has passed to this Yom Kippur to the year that comes, or even more so the Aleppo Jews, who recite both versions one after the other. The Kal Nidre, therefore, seems to encapsulate the meaning of the hour, when past, present and future are held in our mind in one, both extremes at the same time. So do you opt for a rear-facing seat or a forward-facing seat? We may wish that if we could cleverly look both ways at once we might be satisfied, but then we would never be in the present, we would never have an experience of an event. If we were only to look on the train route from our departure to destination, we would be captured by the pointlessness of our lives. We would be a mere process, input, output, beginning and end. Belief in the futility of individual lives must surely darken the soul and leaves us as the victim of fate. So do we look forward or back? Well, in truth I think neither. In the year that has passed I have been lucky enough to officiate at 14 B'nai and Benot Mitzvah. Frequently I also attend the parties, you know the bit that everyone thinks that I think is less important than the service. And I must admit, at those parties in which they have the horror dancing, or the horror dancing, as I once heard it called, something always occurs to me. Perhaps it is because of all the energy that I see it most strongly, but it is also present at the moment when parents and grandparents are able to join the next generation on the bima on Saturday morning in the service. But at the party, as it is, it is as if Spielberg were filming the party and slowed the spinning circle down, Joyous emotion erupts from the faces of at least three generations of a family. Beneath the wild craziness, there is a moment of timeless magic. This is an event in the philosophical sense of the word. It is outside of the flow of time. It is a blatant disregard of the departure and destination. It is not process. It is being. And in that being we are given once again a taste of the past, present and future. In fact, Shabbat is the ultimate demonstration of this. The Sabbath is a moment in which we look to the beginning, yet are given, in the words of the rabbis, a taste of the world to come, in the here and now. Shabbat is the ultimate sanctification of time, time that is not bound by our train journey alone, but all time, from the beginning to the longed-for time to come. Kol Nidre, the start of the Sabbath of Sabbaths, in the depths of the holiness, of the day contains the potential for the sweetest taste of the world to come when we like angels have no need for material sustenance and only have time for higher matters the day the moment when we capture past present and future redemption enables us to transcend our mortality as individuals and as a community but it is impossible to have this experience all the time most of us in our day-to-day -day lives are just trying to get on the train and to avoid missing our stop. How many hours a week do we spend chauffeuring family, working hard, just to make ends meet and keep things ticking over? The relentlessness of day-to-day -day life can be just about all we can cope with. To try and experience this taste of all time, to hold past, present and future in mind at once, seems too much to ask. And in any case, 
We couldn't even get on with the tasks of life if we spent all of our time savouring these sacred moments. So there is a balance to be struck. We don't want to spend all of our days looking back or forwards, and we can't ever be fully in the present, because after all the present is fleeting and vanishes as soon as it is here, like the stations that whiz by as you pass them. Nor do we only want to worry about the logistics of getting on and off. Where's the balance? Well, I want to suggest that the balance is found in evenings like those of Colnidre, our holiest day, the quietest hour. It is found in the coming together of families, friends, communities at life cycle events, whether celebrations or sad occasions. It is found in the relationships we form between one another that cause the transcendent and the eternal to be encountered. In the simple act of being in a community during festivals and on Shabbat, when time is most clearly not owned or made but sanctified. For me, that is the teshuvah, the turning, I hope to recommit ourselves to for the next year. We all must board the train, but our challenge is to find the freedom from our fate with the experience of being, a taste of the transcendent and the eternal. You've been listening to the podcast from Finchley Progressive Synagogue. More information about the synagogue can be found on the synagogue website www.fps.org.